Hello and welcome to Coffee with the Homeschool Mom. I'm Heidi Larson. In this episode, I visit with Robin. She is a busy mom, wife, and businesswoman. The recording jumps right into the middle of our conversation because as we started talking, we just launched into homeschooling before I could hit the record button. We talk about a lot of different subjects pertaining to homeschooling, which I think will be encouraging to you whether you have many kids or older kids or only one younger kid like Robin does. We talk about scheduling, among other things, and there was a question at the veterans panel at the Encourage Homeschool Conference. Maybe you heard it, the question. And if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you do that too. One of the questions was about getting it all done, spending quality time with each kid. Now, you might not be like Robin, who has her hands in several businesses, but like she says, time is a commodity we only have so much of. Here's a suggestion. Maybe scheduling would help get the important things done. Maybe a to-do list is a better thing for you so that you know and your kids know on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock, for example, mom and I read together, or every day at 5 we have to pick up before we start supper. Or like I used to do with my oldest, I put the subjects he had to do that day out, and he picked what order we did them. But then we knew, and he knew, how many subjects he had to get done, and when he was done. A schedule or a to-do list might be helpful for you. This conversation, and any conversation on this podcast, is meant to encourage you. So with that, grab your favorite cup and listen in as I have coffee with a homeschool mom. Robin and I have been talking for good, I don't know how long, and we've talked about a lot of things, but I decided we should pause our conversation so you guys could join us. And it was all good. You all should have just been here with your cups of tea or coffee and been talking about us. Uh, We've paused our conversation and are going to try it again. Pick it up where we left off about talking about homeschooling our kids. I feel like it's just one big experiment that we hope doesn't fail. (laughs) (laughs) And um, what our goals are for our experiments, I guess, our kids. Um, And I know that when I started homeschooling, my goals were a lot different than when my first one graduated this last fall and, um, or this last spring, excuse me. I was just hoping that it would be fall as I watched the snow swirl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That by the time when he was eight, like your sages, that like we were going to do things right, you know, and uh, we need to cover so many things. And it was a lot of fun. You know, we were going to have, have this. And, um, and then by the time he got to his last year, it was like, oh, forget it. Just, you know what, you've already, <laughs> I can't teach you anymore. You can't learn anymore. <laughs> we're done. Like senioritis had set in and we had trying to do that. Anyway, um, you were saying if they never leave, if our children never leave the the county, you still want them to be able to be comfortable wherever they, they go, be comfortable in any situation. Yeah. Thank you, Heidi. This is fun. (laughs) This is really fun. We could talk for, I don't know, we've been talking for hours. We could talk for another few hours, but it's like a little oasis in our we we all get on this track right where we just go it's fun to stop and really think about I mean I run a lot of businesses and I always say we get so busy working in the business that we forget to slow down and work on the business and I think this is important to stop and take these bird's eye views right of what we're doing and hiring your perspective of your I have one kid who's eight and she's somewhere between second and third grade, <laughs> which we can do when we homeschool, right? right? But having your perspective with older kids helps. But yeah, we were talking about, uh, you know, what are we supposed to be teaching them? We have, you know, the books, what it, what your child needs to know at whatever grade. And we're working from our past programming, which is public school, because we're both first generation homeschoolers, right? And that's all we have as a frame of reference, other than our each other or our group that yeah. we can bounce things off of. 
So what are the goals? And you, you know, for me, I feel like the basis is important to have a really basic education to be comfortable in day-to-day life. But then over and above that, if at all possible, it's nice to provide a well-rounded exposure to different things in the world that might be different from our everyday circle of, in our town or our, our little suburb or our county or wherever you live. We live in a very rural area, so there's not much here, but they should know about other things so that if they do decide to go somewhere else, which we don't want them to, but if they want to, right, right, right. <laughs> then they should feel comfortable or at least feel equipped to go out into the world or if they have a dream of doing something, at least have a foundation where they learn how to ask questions and learn the basics of asking for help, like we talked about, or, or even know what to ask or where to go or what to do. And I think that's kind of one of the goals I have for our daughter who loves working on the ranch. And she says she's never leaving, but she also tells me she wants to be a cowgirl and a musician and a horse trainer and a rancher and a, a builder and an engineer. I'm okay. like, okay, so we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but at this age, how much can you can't teach them all those things now, you know? So it's kind of, where do you start? What do you do? Are we doing enough? It's like we talked about before. Yeah. We talked about, are you doing enough? And we had just listened to another podcast, which I highly recommend the read aloud revival with Sarah, Sarah McKenzie, is it McKenzie? Mm-hmm. Um, and just, are you doing enough? Probably mm-hmm. not, but that's, you're not supposed to do it all. And that's the other thing about um, homeschooling. Are you doing enough? Probably not, but you you can't possibly do it all. Right. And coming to that realization, I guess, I mean, just as moms, we are, you know, all of those hats that you can list off. Plus, right. you know, you are a business owner and uh, trying to multiple business have your fingers in multiple businesses (laughs) all kinds of stuff and my brain keeps going wanting to add more things but I love how Sarah makes a distinction of if you ask the question are we doing enough no you never are doing enough but frame it in are we doing enough to help my child learn to read when she's eight you know are are we doing enough to help my daughter figure out her Etsy store (laughs) you know yeah so if you frame it probably not (laughs) but it gives you a context i guess to realize it brings the question down into like are you doing enough that's such a broad Mm -hmm. question and then are you doing enough for what oh okay are you doing enough to get your family fed tonight Mm -hmm. yes i am you know where exactly um or to make things this part of that work uh, easier yes right exactly and and it is tricky because we're we're homeschooling because we don't want our kids doing the same old system that we did but yet we it's easy to feel like you have to be accountable to that system because it's how we're programmed from the early age right and you were talking about how freeing it is and scary and scary at the same time (laughs) right when you ask for okay what what should i do here because we're struggling in this one subject and someone says we'll do something different or use a different curriculum or use a different book and it's oh well why didn't i think of that yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah And so it's figuring out how the direction, you know, it's a constant redirecting of the course, but letting your kid, you know, in our case, she has such a passion for animals and outside and building and you math, you ask her to sit down and write math, addition, subtraction, you know, all the things it's, she's not really excited about it. No. (laughs) But if you take out her toy horses and her toy cows, she's all about it and she can do division and subtraction and, you know, all of the things really quickly addition and, you know. So I think that is the beauty of what we get to do. The beauty of homeschooling also is that you get to see that in her. Okay, you you do have the freedom. Okay, worksheets are not your thing. Or, you know, at this, at this point, we don't have to do that. We don't have to follow this norm, but um, we can if we want. Or, um, and that you know her that says, okay, wait, we can't, we're not going to struggle, you know, fight tear, fight with tears yeah. on at, at eight for done that before <laughs> math worksheets, you know, right? Yeah, we can switch it. Uh, we were talking about though, that sometimes you need an outward uh, 
yeah, bird's eye view, I think you said, mm -hmm. of like, oh, wait, uh, and our community mm -hmm. to in homeschooling. And sometimes that's hard to find right. a community that's encouraging, encouraging, especially because we stay at home, mm -hmm. you know, and I know right. that there are co-ops to do that, but that's right. usually co-ops are more for, uh, let's get the kids together to socialize or, you know, yeah. make that so they're not total weirdos when they do <laughs> in isolation. <laughs> and it is true. Having that, finding a group, that's one nice thing about social media now in the positive that it is a, a way for people to find a community if they're struggling individually in their local area. Um, and I know for us, one of the things that makes us unique is I'm just, I'm almost 50. My daughter's eight. We started late with kids. Mm -hmm. And so when we have a, I mean, we have a co-op group. My daughter loves it, but, and I, they're wonderful moms, but they're at a very different stage in life than I am. Mm -hmm. And so there's certain things that I don't get from that group that they might get because, you know, it doesn't, it's not a value judgment. It's not better or worse. It's just different stages in life. Yeah. So it's finding that group for you that works and then figuring out, okay, this is great for my daughter. And then I get to fill my cup other ways and, you know, learning how to do that is part of the journey, right? Because as homeschool moms, we are also learning, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we're teaching, but we're learning. And a lot of times it's, it's uncharted territory for us. So I feel it's really important to have that support system, whether it's a podcast you listen to, whether it's a book you read, whether it's a, a co-op group or other moms that, you know, maybe they're in other areas you talk to on the phone or you, you know, have a monthly Zoom or whatever works for you. But I think it's really important because to try and just fly alone is hard. <laughs> and think about those um, pioneer homeschoolers who, who that's what they did. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, we don't like the way that, for whatever reason that they started homeschooling, they did. Right. There's a few around here in their area who now their children are homeschooling. And it's just like, you did what? And you had like two options to homeschool and that was, that was it. You and know? no help. <laughs> yeah. How did you. And pretty much everybody against you, really. I yeah. Mean, that would be hard. Now it's much easier. Yeah. Because there's a lot more established. There's more curriculum available. There's more. And support just groups available, you know. The stigma, stigma that homeschoolers have is just different than mm -hmm. at that time. Right. Um, yeah, when I was in high school, those that were homeschooled were in a cult. Mm -hmm. And so for us <laughs> to start homeschooling was um, kind, of a big, kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, people around are watching like when is this experiment gonna fail? right <laughs> we knew well, that wasn't right we should we were gonna tell you or you know told you this wasn't gonna <laughs> be a good deal so. yeah but there's that piece of if you're if this if you're a first generation homeschooler it's your family you know it's always everybody's looking at you like you, you can't it's it's a comparison judgment thing which we know is a thief of joy but still it's hard not to think about oh what are they saying about or what do they say you know mm -hmm. comments or whatever yeah a and, thief of joy. Yeah, yeah it is. Comparison, yeah. Comparison is, it's it's the biggest, one of my biggest battles in, in my whole life. You know, it's comparing to other moms, comparing to younger moms, comparing to, you know, am I doing enough? Am I, whatever. We, we do that so much, but then if we really stop, and like you say, it gives us an opportunity to get to know our kids at a whole different level and bond with them at a whole different level and serve them where they need us, not be put in a mix of kids in class, which is fine in public school. Some kids that they thrive in that environment, but I know my daughter would not do well. <laughs> just the way she's wired. Mm -hmm. She's never liked large groups. She did um, preschool in the public schools, which is great, a great early childhood program in our school. And she loved it, but she wouldn't talk to her teacher in her three-year-old year. It was two days for half a day. She wouldn't talk to the teacher until Easter. Wow. Just one of the aides in school she thankfully knew from, you know, our summer horse activities, barrel racing, and she talked to her, but the assessments they did or any, she was very polite, very well behaved, did everything she was asked, but never would talk to the teacher. She was just, you know, shy. <laughs> She's just that way. And being able to provide a comfortable learning environment for her allows her to grow. Now she's completely come out of her shell, which I was know. like, see, just not shy at all. You know, it's really funny. She was so reserved when she was younger. I 
literally she would cling to me when I'd go anywhere in public, Mm -hmm. go to the store, go to school, go anywhere. She's to this day, never sat on Santa's lap. I mean, it's like, (laughs) you know, she's just, but she's completely come out of her shell, but it's given her the opportunity to do it with confidence and in her own time. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that part, if you focus on the parts that we, the, the blessings we get to do, the moments we get to be there for and not let yourself focus so much on the, the worry and the challenges. I think that is also a thief of joy. You know, we can kill our whole experience and the beauty of it by spending too much time. And I've been there some certain phases, you know, worried. Am I teaching? Am I doing the right program with her to get her to read? Is she struggling? Is she, you know, dyslexic? How is she? Is it this? Is it that? It's our first time. We don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have anything to compare to. So that's where having conversations with other moms and, you know, other parents, mostly moms, but they're my dad's homeschooling too. My husband's been a huge supporter and just figuring out, he, he said he's dyslexic. He's like, I can't help you with school, but also, and he, you know, what's cool though is as she learns to read, he's doing it with her and it's, it's a area he can help her with, but I think it's actually helping him too in certain ways. Hmm. I mean, he's, he can read, but still reading was always a hard thing for him and he never had support or accommodation. And so it allows him to feel like he can be helpful and be part of it in a way that's not scary. And he's really helping her make a difference because he can play along with her. And, you know, it's been really good for her to feel like they can do that together. It's a good, I fully support reading, reading aloud, Mm -hmm. Dan's reading. I know that's been a big, or it's, that's been a good thing in our family. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband will read. We haven't read for quite a while, but we read through Lord of the Rings when mm-hmm. the kids were all order, mm-hmm. old enough to do that. And um, and it's just something is different about when he reads it yeah. than, than when I do it, which just, I like to read aloud. And same. same. <laughs> I, it's just something different and kind of has annoyed me. I'm like, I like to do it. Why can't I do it? And I know I'm good at it. And, <laughs> nope. Dad's reading. Ugh, okay, fine. But really, it's he probably you know they're used to you reading, yeah, and it's it's a special moment that they get to share, and, and that's so cool. Yeah, same with with my husband and our daughter because he doesn't spend the time. He is more and more now with winter coming with our schedule and stuff, but it's you know he hasn't ever felt confident even. He's hmm. like, I struggle in school. There's no way I can teach school, but it's really nice for them to have that time together and him you know feeling like he can be part of it. And she yeah. loves it. She loves it when, you know, that's a good, that's amazing and awesome that she gets to have a special time with Yeah, dad. That's really important because we are, usually it's moms who are homeschooling mm-hmm. and they, um, we are with them all the time. Little blessings. Yeah. What it's, aren't they? Right. <laughs> but, but you know, part of, me, I mean, like you said, I wear a lot of hats that we have a lot of businesses and I'm the juggler of all of it. And we have the ranch and a couple online businesses and homeschool and mom and house and all of it. And my nature is just to just shoulder it all and just go do it. But I got to the point where it was stressing me out. And I'm like, even the school part, which I have, I was a public school teacher. I taught high school. I love to teach. It was my, I love it. I want it to be one of my first priorities instead of feeling like a burden. Mm -hmm. And I had to force myself to be like, okay, we're having a conversation about this. I can't, I need help. I have, even if you tell me you're not comfortable schooling, like, so I was like, I can't talk to him. He told me he's not comfortable. He can't help her because he's intimidated by it. But I said, look, this is what we're doing. I'll do it in the morning. We have broken up her reading and math and stuff to like five minute sessions, five, seven minute sessions for her. And I said, I need you to do the afternoon ones. Like I can't do it all. Huh? I mean, I guess you should say could do it all, but it doesn't make any sense because in the afternoon after we, he feeds cows all morning and he takes care of, but he has time in the afternoon. I don't Mm -hmm. as much because I have to do all these other businesses. And so it's perfect because it's that time, you know, afternoon time when even at eight, she doesn't nap, but everybody hits that point in the afternoon where you're tired. Mm -hmm. Right. And you kind of want to rest and she will not nap. And, but it's mom, 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 mom. And there's like, after two o'clock in the afternoon, I might as well throw out my entire schedule for the whole rest of the day or dad can come in and help. And then we all get stuff done. Mm -hmm. And it's not about constantly being productive. Like it's okay to take rest, but 
we do have to get a certain amount of things done in a day to do what we do with, you know, run the businesses and have the life that we want. And then we take rest time. And, but, but it was like, okay, I need you to help me with this. This is what we're doing. And I, I had to make myself really learn how to communicate better. And I think as homeschool moms, we feel like it's our job. We have to figure this out. We have to stay up late and read all the curriculum and know what to teach the next day and have it all prepared. And I do that. Try not to do it quite so late anymore. But I had to really humble myself and say, okay, I can't juggle all this. I've hit the limit of what I can effectively do. I don't want to be the cranky mom who's always snappy and no um, no one wants to do that. But I need help here. And I know you don't feel comfortable, but this is all I'm asking you to do. Like, this is it. It's not a big deal. (laughs) It's really not hard for anybody. We just need to do it. And it it turned into like, he's gotten more interested now in what we're doing with school. And he's, he's also becoming more respectful of our schedule in the day. Not that, I mean, we're not regimented by any means compared to a lot of people, but when you have animals, the schedule can go out the window at the drop of a hat, right? And just a minute, just a minute. You were just telling me that <laughs> <laughs> Sunday night you look you look at your planner and write it all out, and then you every night you write down your schedule. I do what your for the next day, hour by hour. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. Our day doesn't go like that most of the time. I heard that and went, <laughs> okay, we can't be friends. <laughs> No, don't panic because all I do that for is literally so I keep myself in check because I do juggle so many things. If I don't write it all out, I just have this school. Think of a snow globe in my brain. That's just like, ah, and it freaks me out and I'm stressed out all day about what I'm not doing. So what I do is I write it down. And the only reason I write hour by hour is I have to make myself think, okay, how long is school going to take us today? How long is it going to take us to get through breakfast and cleaning up? Really? Like not just five minutes, because that's not a five minute task. No. But in my brain, I only give it five minutes if I don't make myself look at it. And if we don't clean up, then the rest of the day is shot too, because the kitchen needs to be some sort of... Right. In in our head, in my head, it has to be some sort of... Well, we were, yeah, because... we were talking about that. It drives me crazy. And other people may not, it may not be a bother for them. But for us, everything happens in the kitchen. We have a huge open floor plan. Everything happens in the kitchen. So if there's dishes in the sink and dirty dishes on the counter and the dishwasher's not empty and we're trying to do school on the counter and then someone comes in, we eat all our meals at home. It's like frazzles me Mm -hmm. because we're trying to do school here and there's dirty dishes. Clean clean space means like just like mind power. It's peaceful. And you do, you're much more settled feeling. It frazzles me when I'm like, frantic energy if I even you know so I've gotten better about asking for help with the dishes cleaning up doing but um don't panic when I say hour by hour the I literally our our day does not go regimented okay it's 10 o'clock we got to change classrooms now we got to change to the next project it's not the bell has rung right but but what it does it's forced me it's really for me it's an exercise I go through because I've learned I'm really bad at allotting the time in my mind so I overcommit myself and then I beat myself up at the end of the day for the things I didn't get done. Cause I said, well, you're going to do this, this, and this, and this today, but there's no way I'm going to get that all done. Yeah. I just would like to, but there's no way. And then I never tell anyone else in the house about it, but I'm just like five o'clock, six o'clock comes. I have a seven o'clock zoom for a business or whatever. And I'm stressing about getting supper done. And everyone's like, oh, no, we're going to go do this. I'm like, you're going to do what? Yeah, <laughs> we can't, we don't have time. So it, it has, really been an exercise for me to train myself to be realistic with time how much we can get done yeah yeah and then communicate about it and say okay well we have an appointment at two o'clock this afternoon that so means we have to leave that at... means we have to leave at this time <laughs> yeah. and it means we need to prepare to leave at this time mm-hmm. and it means we need to get school especially, done by this time especially in northern minnesota when it's now we have Warm up the car, brush the snow off, get your clothes on. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Put on extra layers just to open the door. Yes. Right. And so I think Not better at all about where we live. (laughs) I actually like it, but it does take extra time. And I'm still adjusting to that. I've been late like all week because 
I'm trying to adjust to the fact that you have to budget an extra 15 to 20 minutes yeah. before you leave. And that's a lot. Yeah, it is. And an extra on top of that to prepare to clean up and shift gears. And so my whole scheduling exercise isn't meant to be scary. It's meant to actually set you up to be less panicked about the week because it it's made me ask for help in the right ways hmm. and not be snippy before we leave because... I realized last summer, you know, our kids can be so wise. <laughs> they always are wise, but they can teach us a lot. And when right. finally, I realized one day I was just frustrated because I was like, we're always late. And I'm like, okay, we're not always late. But when you, when I, when we say we need to leave at three, that doesn't mean start getting ready to leave at three. And mm. Sage is like, well, when are we supposed to leave? Like three. Okay. But what do you mean by start getting ready? So I realized I had never, I just assumed I'm like, okay, let's prepare and go. But I never communicated that very well, at least to Sage. And then, you know, I am a preparer. I like to pack a snack bag because we don't like to be hangry. <laughs> and I like to have enough clothes because, you know, I never articulated the fact that it's sort of like a 20 minute process to prepare to leave clean up what we're doing, do all that. And I never asked for help with it. And I was stressed and not being nice to say, just hurry up. Let's go. We got to go. And she's like still playing with her toys. Cause I never said, okay, in 20 minutes we have to leave. Well, I've said that before, but she didn't get it. So I brought her over to the clock. We're learning the clock. And I said, okay, look at the clock. When we're at this time and the hands get here, we have to prepare to leave first. And, that, and, and it, it was a lesson to me. And I'm sure other parents have probably figured that out a long time ago. But it was like the light bulb came on. I'm like, well, of course. I haven't shared this information with anybody else. <laughs> Why don't you know this? Like, can't like, you just read my mind? Right. We're exactly. together all the time. You should be able to know that. Right. I have heard um, wise people say, get rid of hurry at all costs. Mm -hmm. Because hurry and trying to get out the door. I don't know who helps me, you know, like it's just like this evil mom instantly gets turned on and <laughs> why aren't you just sitting in the car waiting for me? If you know, like that's, or I, they're sitting in the car waiting for you. And why didn't you help me carry out all the yes, water bottles Yes, or all the snacks that you want? Do you not? And then you get in the car and they're like, did you bring the snacks? <laughs> yes. That's why I was late. <laughs> That's why you're waiting for me. You want the snacks? Let's bring the snacks. Yes. We're <laughs> <laughs> not very probably that trying to get out the door at a certain time. You're right. You have to plan ahead for um, making sure. Yeah. And my kids can dress themselves, thankfully. Mm -hmm. But man, when you've got little ones, that right. adds like, okay, now I've got to put extra clothes mm -hmm. on me and you. Right. Or. Where did your mittens go? We have no idea. Now, why do you not have two socks on? Why? Where? And why did you have now go? your socks are wet? Because you just walked in the snow <laughs> that somebody tracked in because it melted. And yes. yeah, it's all. And now we have to get new socks. And yes. Then, no, it's wonderful. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. And thankfully, Sage can dress herself now too. But it is, I mean, not to dwell on that, but the schedule piece, I think, like you say, it's really important. And I talk about this as I train my teams with my business and as a business person, to be successful, you have to have a schedule of some kind. Now, you may not plan it out the same way I do, but I'm sure you have your internal pace that has become a habit, right? Like you roughly around a certain time you have breakfast, yeah. roughly around a certain time you start school. We do have to have a certain time of schedule. Otherwise, we would probably sleep <laughs> most of the day and read books the rest <laughs> of it. If it were all up to me, that's what we would do. No, we do... Um, the, and everybody leaves our house at a different time. So, um, the two that I'm homeschooling this year, we try to have, and then someone will get sick and that, you know, schedule gets thrown off and sure. that's the beauty of homeschooling too. But we try to start our, we have breakfast at eight and try to start school at nine mm -hmm. and we have like a morning time together right. and do our, our history and. And then they kind of do their stuff by themselves, which is a weird mm -hmm. feeling because the oldest one was more of a 
have you done this? Have Mm -hmm. you done that? Can I help you with this? Yes, I need to read this for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And the other two are just kind of, oh, you can do that on your own. Okay, I might need to help you with math, but they know what they need to do. and Hmm. Self-driven more. Yeah, especially the girl. Mm -hmm. She's very (laughs) (laughs) self-driven. She drives you, in fact. Yes. (laughs) Which is a good thing, too. See, we're not there yet. I'm praying for that time to come, but right now... Oh, enjoy the eight-year-old where you You can read picture books and, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, It's fun. That's a piece I'm really working on for me because I want, like I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. I want, and I mean, I've seen it with her. She's capable of doing her math with me there helping, but not 100% focused on her. And I try that multitask business because we're busy moms, right? Do the dishes, do this, and maybe answer a message or I don't talk on the phone, but I've learned and that's another reason I try to schedule it. Like we try nine to 11 and we try and do all her music practice and all her other, you know, all of the things she needs. I try to just block it out to be focused with her because if I'm distracted, then she's distracted. And what am I teaching her? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm frustrated because she's distracted. And yet I'm the one that's <laughs> teaching her that it's because multitasking doesn't really exist, even though we kind of do it as a mom, but it really doesn't. I mean, you kind of have to be a little bit like, don't touch the hot stove yet while you're doing, be aware. But when you're trying to do school, I think it's important for them to learn. We have to have a priority or else it wouldn't happen. If I go do something else, then school is just, right. It's, we have to start school at, we have to put that as a priority. Otherwise it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. If I, like during the fall, we have a lot of tomatoes that need to get canned Mm -hmm. and, or, you know, produce in our garden that needs to get taken care of. And that at that time is priority. Right. Um, But that can be school too. They're learning. I mean, especially the little kids, but the older kids too. They have done it enough years. I think they've graduated. (laughs) For your kids, for sure. But I know we do that in the, in the spring. A lot of our science is related to planting the garden. Yeah. In the fall, the harvest and the decomposition. I mean, you can incorporate, I mean, we live on a ranch, so it's science all the time. Calving. We get get lots of science. Science is our forte. We get probably more science than biology and botany. We got it. We got it covered. (laughs) She's literally like a year and a half or two years ahead in science when we did our testing last year. So the sciences, and she loves science. And what kid doesn't if you allow them to? Because it's all about exploring our world around us, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so that part we've got covered for sure. And it's nice at the younger age. I, I, I have to remember that because we don't have a science curriculum right now. I don't, I was a science teacher, so it's a little easier for me because everything's a science experiment. But um, even our children. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be a sociology experiment maybe, but that's okay. Well, it's still an experiment. School. The homeschool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, you know, when they're younger, it's so fun because you can incorporate science into cooking, science into working in the garden, science at wherever you live, you know. And I want to encourage people who are listening from an urban area, a city, a, an apartment, maybe if you don't have um, outdoor green space, use the opportunity with your kids to grow stuff for your food in your apartment. You can simply in a very, very small space, I mean like less than a tabletop, grow food for salad, at least greens, in a pretty short time, it's very radishes, lettuce, spinach. I mean, we've jumped all over on subjects, but this is me, right? I have such a wide variety of interests, but it's so fun and so satisfying for kids to grow cool. that stuff. You can get a small grow light and a very small, even fertilized. I mean, I have some, um, I've sent them as gifts. So like my niece and nephew and stuff who live in the city, but for Christmas to grow greens. For salad and then you pick them and put them on the table and you eat what you grow and it takes and it's healthy and it's the whole life cycle and pride that like, yeah look what we've done look what we've done we're eating what we and then they, they have kids who don't like salad they might eat salad because they made it salad. Yeah. you know they grew the salad and the radishes they grow really quickly but it's turned into her sage she has her own rack year-round with a grow light and plants and she's but it's it's fun it's really rewarding for those kids to learn and it's so simple to do anywhere like i want to be able to do that i have to figure out space and that's just for me because Mm -hmm. i want to be able to grow i don't want to have to buy lettuce in the store and that's not expensive but it just like irks me like i could be doing this at my house well and that's what we're doing this year 
the same thing. We, ha we have to find a space that's not in this area. You can't have it right by a window. It's pretty cold. Mm -hmm. Kale also survives really well. So if you like kale. Oh, kale's yummy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to give you a kale recipe that's really, even Sage mm. likes it. But whatever greens they are, or radishes, if, yeah, we're finding, we're, we're looking for a horizontal space that's not right by a window with a grow light. And we're thinking out in the shop near the wood stove with a grow light. But it's totally doable. You just have to get a, a stand-up rack if you don't have a table or use a table. But you're right. It's centerpiece. Yeah. It's simple. It's inexpensive. You save a lot of money. It's fresh. It's healthy. It's a good science. So if you have young kids or even older kids that don't know how to do it, it's such a great way. It's a living, living learning classroom, right? Yeah. And now you if can... we don't water it, this this is what happens. Guys, <laughs> that's right. If we overwater it, this is what happens. That's right. And you can yes. even get a moisture meter to tell you when you need to water it. It's really handy. <laughs> yeah. It's and and yeah, not to jump subject, but we talked about, man, we talked about so many things even before we turned this on. We could, like, this is why this is so fun, because homeschooling is like your world, right? You just get to share practical knowledge with your kids, too. I think that's a big piece. Things that, that yeah. We were talking about that our, my oldest is not taking another year of algebra, and because she's... Um, She's more into the business, mm -hmm. wanting to do her own business and things like that. Um, just mainly now as a hobby, but it's kind of an experiment for her too. Like, I wonder if I do this, what will happen? Or, you know, mm -hmm. just what can I sell on Etsy or this ad didn't work or whatever it is. But thinking then she probably won't be using algebra in her life later on. But if she does, it's something that I think... I don't think she's going to be doing math. I mean, already she's like, mom, is that a career that would use math? I'm like, no, I don't think you need <laughs> algebra to do, you know, a businessing, you know, accounting part. Okay. I could maybe do that. <laughs> How much school does that require? Only two years. Ah, she's just not <laughs> into, into doing that because she has, you know, pushed herself to, I need to have these subjects done in this amount of time. And, and so this year we've just been like, okay, we're going to try and just do the things that you enjoy doing. And so do you feel like she's maybe pushed, 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 and it's maybe gotten her to a point where she's a little burnt out because she's yeah. maybe ahead of herself? Yeah. And what she really needs to know at this age. And so she's... Like I told you before, I'm not I not bragging on me. I'm bragging on her. She's just a remarkable young young lady and uh, wants to wants to be done so she can go on with life. <laughs> but that's the beauty of homeschool too. You yeah. have the option to cruise ahead if it's something you're motivated to do. And I think like you were talking about goals for our kids, we want to see them confident, well-equipped and flourish in what they want to do, not what school tells them they need to do or society tells them, but having the opportunity to explore their passions. Yeah. I mean, that's... And that can change. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't think that we were... I would be doing a podcast when I was 16, you know? Well, I don't think podcasts were a deal at 16. I was going to say, they weren't when I was 16, I can promise you. Um, yeah, we didn't even have laptops then, but that's okay. But the thought, too, that if you go to school right now, one, most of the students don't know what they're going for. Mm -hmm. And then, two, when they do get a degree in whatever however many years ago, that would be their career for the next 50 years. Mm -hmm. And that's not the culture that we're seeing right now is that you can go to school for four years, rack up that student debt. You will then probably change careers at least one time, if mm -hmm. not multiple times. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many different ways people, some people want to do that. Some people want the career of a certain type and school, you know, four year, eight year degrees are great for that. But I think we are seeing a lot more, um, opportunity opening for people who are entrepreneurial and wanting to, you know, dive into different things and maybe go back to school later for what they need for their job. But um, the other thing I think we should promote, I have a few friends um, who do this well, promote being a mom. Mm -hmm. And I know when I remember where I was in this conversation that I had with my mom and it, the school pushed us to go to college, mm -hmm. go to, go to college, go to college. And so I was going to, uh, I mean, I did. And, um, I remember 
planning that out and what I wanted to do. And my mom said, why can't you stay at home? I mean, what was, what would be not at her house, but why, right. What's wrong with being a mom? Like Mm -hmm. what she did. And I said, well, I'm not doing that, you know, and (laughs) what am I doing? And uh, that's exactly what I'm doing. But I think like you said, giving them a well-rounded education so that they're confident wherever they are, but I don't want to, uh, I want my daughter to be okay that being a mom is mm-hmm. a really good thing. And I don't know if I've done, the, I keep telling her, but you know, things when I, when I heard my mom say, why can't you be a mom? Right. It, it was like, there were so many cultural things on me. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's the last thing I would want to be, <laughs> you know? And right. she was smarter than I was, I guess. Well, and it comes from a different perspective and, and we all, it's, it's actually something I battle a lot because I'm very strong business minded. Like mm-hmm. I have a drive, but I also have that side of me that wants to just stay home and read books mm-hmm. and make cookies. <laughs> and, and Exactly. I knew so, we could be friends. <laughs> see? <laughs> and ride horses. I mean, I, I'm the horse deal, and, but just go out on long nature hikes and just be a mom. Yeah. Because just a mom is not really a thing. A mom is like a huge calling and a homeschooling mom is an even bigger calling. I mean, that's like a major, a major, I hate to even use the word job because it's not a job. It's a calling and it's a blessing. You're, but I feel like it's so much more than just being a mom. I hear that, but it's a piece that I talk about all the time with my team that I lead and coach and being a mom, you, I feel like you can be both hmm. if you allow yourself to be both. If you have some sort of schedule, for lack of a better term, structure, or I guess it's placing priority on your time because time is the real currency, right? Not money. I mean, money you can get more of, but time is all we have. Like we only have this window when they're eight. We only have this window when they're 16. We, and we don't want to miss it, right? But I think sometimes as women, we feel like we want to be contributors to the family and we feel like as a mom, it's a different sort of contribution, right? And I think having as the business, like I love business. I've always been business minded. I've been good at it. I'm, you know, that's just my way I'm wired. But my mom worked from home. We, my family growing up, we had, my parents had their own company and I helped with that. And my mom was a mom at home, working from home most of the time. She had a couple of different stints of short-term jobs, and it was horrible where she had to leave the house. That was not her. And maybe that's where I get it from. But being able to do both, I feel like if that's what you're driven to do, I feel like sets a really good example for our kids. Because whatever it is, whether it's being a mom and full-time mom and a full-time teacher or combining that with other jobs that you do from home, you show your kids the possibilities in real time and they see you doing it. So you're teaching them life. You're not just teaching them school, you know? And I think women should feel open to being both if that's what they want to do, but it's fine. If you only want to do one, if you want to be a mom, shoot, that's amazing because it's the highest calling there is. I mean, moms are like, I don't know. I don't even have a word for it. Mom is just magical. Like so amazing. We yeah, don't even have a word for it. We don't. I mean, we need a better, I need to find a better word, but like being a mom is like I say, I've always been called mother Robin. That's kind of weird because I had kids really, had one kid really late, but I've always had that heart to mother people and care for people and help people, which we talked about that earlier too. But how I've manifested that has been through business, helping other people find their calling or find their purpose, whether it is a, a blogger or a, a mom who has a different kind of business or a mom who helps her kids with school or whatever it is. But I think, I don't think it's an either or in this day and age. It doesn't have to be, I guess I should say. It can be, but I don't think it has to be. I don't know if we hear that being a mom, that position is such a high, high calling, you know, it's, right. uh, Oh, you're a mom or you're just a mom. I think we hear that more and I'm just a stay at home mom. Yeah. That needs to change. Yeah. 
I don't, if I worked out, if I did another job, I wouldn't be a mom. I wouldn't be able to be a mom as well. Mm -hmm. And that's needs to, needs to be our first priority. Right. uh, Wife and mom. Um, And then if there's, then if there's single moms, oh man, that's, Mm -hmm. or single dads or whatever, that's, that's even harder. Yeah. And that is when we, when I was pregnant with Sage, we made a choice to change our life for that reason. We were older when we had her and we knew we didn't want to just send her to daycare and, you know, miss most of her young life. And if that's what you like to do or want to do, that's fine. I mean, that's our choice. Other people have a different choice, but for us, we literally moved. We wanted to anyway, but it was the impetus to get us to do it. We moved and we changed our jobs and we, we chose to find ways of earning money from home Hmm. together, both of us where we have the ranch, we earn money, we have online businesses, so we can do it all from home. But being a mom, being a family first, so we could do it together was a huge priority to us. So yeah, if I have a Zoom, I make sure it's not at bedtime. I make sure I can read a bedtime story. You know, that has, you know, bath time or whatever. I still do that. People say, oh, she's eight. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to rush her growing up, you know, but I feel like it is important even though if you do more than one thing, you have to set priorities and boundaries. I think that's the, again, back to the setting priorities and boundaries, but if we don't set homeschooling as a priority, then it won't happen. Absolutely. Um, there's other, and that goes back to, are we doing enough? Well, what mm-hmm. is your priority then? Mm-hmm. Um, are we doing enough in teaching the subject or, you know, this is a priority in our mm-hmm. homeschooling and this is a priority. And then this is a boundary in our, in our family. We don't, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We could circle back around to what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. We have to set the priority. And I think, you know, they always say do your most important things first, which is why we do school in the morning. I mean, who's fresh at two o'clock in the afternoon? I'm fresh for a nap. (laughs) (laughs) And life happens and things spiral out of control and you probably don't get to it at that hour. So we do it. We make it a priority right after feeding the animals and eating breakfast. We do school. And okay. Now let let me ask you, what do you have for breakfast? (laughs) Because that's a uh, uh, conundrum always at my house. Just because if I don't have that, like, okay, Monday we have pancakes. You know, I can't just, like, well, uh, help yourself or whatever is in the right. house. Fine. I know I have older kids and they should yeah. be able to do that. But we always start with a uh, more filling. Mm-hmm. Sure. Substantive, but, yeah. Yeah. See, I have the schedule. You have your your <laughs> meal plan. Like, I, 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 I have to have a meal plan. See, otherwise. there we go. Yeah whole world falls apart there you go see for me it's the schedule i have to have an idea of what my expectations are for myself for the day and our family our food is since you know we eat everything at home probably like you do all the meals um we do a lot of most meals i cook a lot i do i call it meal prep but i cook a lot when i cook and then we eat leftovers okay so for breakfast though i kind of do intermittent fasting because that's what my body likes not because i'm trying to do any special diet or anything. It's just, I don't really like to eat a lot of food until 10, 30, 11, 12. So, but I like, our family likes breakfast where, you know, We've so it's usually put in a couple hours, probably right. We breakfast. work early. And so we need like eggs. Usually it's something to do with eggs and maybe waffles, but I make, cause we're gluten-free dairy-free. So I make alternative cassava flour waffles with coconut oil and blueberries or um we just literally we just this would probably drive you crazy but we have a few options and you get to pick so you can have waffles or pancakes or eggs al usually makes his own because he doesn't come in till later from feeding cows so we you know sometimes we do brunch on like the weekends together Sage will eat two breakfasts. She eats <laughs> second breakfast. She eats when she yes. gets up because she's hungry or hangry if she doesn't. But usually she'll have, we don't do a lot of cereal or like we do like real food. So it might be chili and eggs or steak and eggs or chili and um, eggs. It's really good. Do you like chili? Yeah. 
And I like Yeah, eggs. when I make chili, I make a big crock pot of it. Yeah, yeah, you heat up the chili in like a bowl plate thing, you know, and put cheese on it and then eggs on top. Like, like scrambled over, eggs? Over easy eggs or scrambled eggs, whatever you like. Al likes his over easy, so the yolk runs down. And then you have toast with it to dip. We have gluten-free bread. but Yeah, it's really good. Chili. So it's like huevos rancheros in, Me- in Mexican food. Like you can have tortillas with it too. It's really good. I have never heard of that. But I love, we we love um, some kind of like, uh, usually it's something to do with meat, eggs, potatoes, and maybe farmer's ranch or breakfast. I mean, it's pretty hearty. But then we don't eat again, sage eats many meals a day. Right. But then, like, we usually don't eat a lot again until the after, mid-afternoon, late afternoon. You know, we don't end up eating a lot, but she does small amounts. And I kind of am a grazer too, so. We try and have one meal as a family a day. One is it breakfast or dinner? It's never in the middle of the day. <laughs> the middle of the day is kind of catch as catch can. If we didn't have to eat, or if it was, <laughs> life would be a lot easier. But eating always... takes eating, cooking, cleaning up. If you do that, if you don't have leftovers and you are at home all the time, it takes a lot of time out of your day. Yeah. To prepare, clean up, well, eat three full meals. Start way before that to plan. You know, to have all of that food ready for, mm-hmm. for yeah. all of that. And we only, you only have three. We only have five. Right. Those with. A lot more. That would be a lot mm-hmm. of time. And yeah. Leftovers are my meal prep. I do crock pot. We grill a lot of meat. Um, well, we raise our own beef, so we have that. But we do, we do a lot of meat and vegetables and left, like I'll just do a lot. Let's end with this. We just got done with the encouragement homeschool conference Mm -hmm. and that was a big encouragement and the veteran panel that was on there we i asked them where did they find encouragement Mm -hmm. so where do you find encouragement for homeschooling i've asked some others um about um what do you do on the Tough days of homeschooling, but let's start with the encouragement. <laughs> well, I think it goes together, right? Yeah. When you have a tough day, you need the encouragement. So where do you go, right? So for me, um, I'm selective because, of course, we want what we take in to be lifting us up. And I think it's – I have a few homeschool moms that have kids similar to my daughter and similar age. So I'll call them or text them and be like, hey, how do you deal with this? May, I have one friend in – particular she and her daughter and sage are a year apart and very similar temperaments um highly sensitive and which is a great book by the way if you haven't read it highly sensitive child um elaine aaron um they also have highly sensitive person is how it started um and then she wrote the highly sensitive child so it's a really good book it was a life changer for me because um Actually, all of us in our household are highly sensitive people, and it really helped deal with outbursts, frustration, overwhelm, anger, just all kinds of things that are, um, you, you just need to read the book. It's so cool. But basically, kids that are highly sensitive, or adults, are not, like, some of the situations, some of the um, behaviors when they're little can be similar to autistic kids, but it's they're not, it's, it's not a, it's not classified as a disorder. It's mm. classified as a personality type, mm. but when kids are little, it can appear that way because some of the, sim, some of the behaviors are similar. Like I was telling you, she was so reserved when she was little, mm. except when she got to know people in small spaces, but she got very overwhelmed. If she was overstimulated, it was like really bad. She just kind of go. Um, and some of the ways that these, kids take discipline or take um, certain types of behaviors or interactions. It explained a lot about her and for us too, and ways to relate and talk to her. So when it comes to encouragement, you were talking about, I think it's important to find people that um, can understand and not judge your situation. And it's easy to, or it can be easy to get into those situations where you go somewhere and then you feel judged even if it's the people you're going to who are supposed to be so I find encouragement talking to you of course and, and our church co-op is really you know helpful and 
my circle is pretty small because I pick carefully. I have a few homeschool mm-hmm. moms that have a lot of experience and I ask them and then a few that are just getting started like me and I only have one shot at it. So it's kind of that feeling of, we don't want to mess up this experiment because you only get to do it once. <laughs> right. I can't learn from my other kids to do it on the next one, which right. every kid's different anyway. But, you know, I, I just have, I, podcasts are really helpful. Uh, books. Besides I listen to this Audible. one. Besides this one. <laughs> do you have one that you that you I love to? the Read Aloud Revival. Um, and I do a lot of personal development too, not just homeschool, but I feel like me working on me as a person mm-hmm. makes me a better homeschool mom, makes me a better mom. So I think there's, I don't let myself get stuck in just homeschooling because I think it's a broader picture than that. But I also love the book Parenting with Scripture. Hmm. And I can't remember the person who wrote it, but it's a really good one too. And it helps from a homeschool situation um, because it gives you actionable topics about things like um, it's alphabetical by topic. So anger, aggression, Hmm. modesty, kindness, you know, and then it gives you questions and the whole family can talk about it. But I feel like for my encouragement, you know, like I said, I have – a few podcasts and a few books and then I text or call friends and then let them text me back when they're busy because they're homeschooling too and I usually have a, a moment where I'm like oh is this is she ever gonna learn to read because I know you know I know she will and but you know the day-by-day progress feels slow mm-hmm. but when you look back it feels fast that's something I have to remind myself about and I have to say my mom is an encourager, even though she wasn't a homeschool person. She did homeschool us like I was in seventh grade for like four months. There was no support, no available curriculum. She just winged it. But the school situation we were in at the time wasn't good. And she was getting us out of it and trying to find where to put us and all this. And we didn't do a whole lot of traditional homeschool, but we did a lot of, I'll still remember, we took a trip to Savannah, Georgia, and we talked about the history and we looked at the map. So we did a lot of geography and history and research on hmm. that Wait. kind of stuff. It was fun. So we did on kind of a outschooling, I guess, I don't know what you call it, but that we did a lot of reports and researching and we were a little older, but it was a very unstructured time. I remember very chaotic feeling because we had been used to school, mm-hmm. but we did a lot of helping my parents with their business. We did. So it was a neat little foray. So my mom has worked in early childhood education for a long time nonprofits helping find resources and she's an encourager because she consistently tells me every kid learns to read at their own pace you're doing a lot and she can see the difference because they FaceTime and she sage sends her she likes to write her letters and you know mm-hmm. so she can see the improvement and that helps too so it is nice having that support I know I have said on here just recently to find a community that you can text or call um, someone who's in the same area or I mean like the same stage that you are, mm-hmm. but also someone that's older that can say, don't worry, mm-hmm. they're going to be okay to go take a nap. You know, right. Cause we get sucked into it. We can't see the big perspective. Yeah. And like, Oh, they're not learning what this sound is. Yeah. The one thing you're struggling with seems like a major deal or their attitude as a teenager. Right now would, is yeah. Going to, just explode our house so or if they're a little kid and they're not wanting to cooperate yeah and they're fighting you and not wanting to sit down and do it with you and you what am I doing wrong how many other creative ways can I get them to do school today is this the wrong curriculum do they even like it should I switch to something else or do we have to just make them do it you know yeah all of those questions should we switch curriculum or you know are they just plow through I Mm -hmm. mean those are big big questions at, especially at the time mm-hmm. but then I don't know looking back it didn't really matter what curriculum we used you know I right. mean except for math I right um I think you know how your kids are and what they're going to learn through you know and the big thing is is this going to work for us right your style the kids style yeah um we have particular ones for our language arts and mm-hmm. our math and our science that I, um, I'm not, I often think, Ooh, that one sounds really good. Maybe mm-hmm. we should do that. But it comes back to, well, 
I have this curriculum already. We're going to use it. And it's working. Yeah. And it's, (laughs) and it's working. I would really like to try that, you know, Mm -hmm. but we will stick with those three language, art, science, and math. I, those three things are. You found what works for you, but you can always do enrichment. And that's, what's cool. Like we get the option, right? You can add to it. You don't have to stay right. If you want to do extra. Yeah. Then you always can, but it is true. It's, I think it's really, you're right finding somebody that can help you get the bird's eye view because in the moment when you're dealing with whatever issue at whatever age, it feels horrible. It feels like a big deal. It feels like the end of the world. It feels like you're it's failing. Just, yeah, it feels <laughs> like the end of the world. your kids and hate you and they yeah. tell you, they learn how to write and then they write you. <laughs> this happened to me the other day. Sage was so mad at me and I went out to do chores and she was supposed to be coming and I came back in and there was a, she was somewhere hiding and there was a, cause she knew. She was a piece of paper on the stump in the mudroom and it said, I hate you, mom. Oh, no. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Oh, I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, it's like she's learning. She can write enough. She can write. Just not those. She just wanted to write different messages. Not that Right. And it's just, oh, it hits you in the heart. And then you realize, you know, afterwards and realize, okay, what did I do wrong? How can we fix this? This is a stage. Take a deep breath. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is. I know for her. But it's a good sign to know that maybe you push too far in it. And I, she told me, thankfully we have communication and she's learned that. Like we were practicing piano the other day and she said, mom, you're pushing me too hard. I can't do this with you. And I''m like, okay, that's pretty good for an eight year old to be able to say that. To me. I'm like, okay, I'll take a deep breath because I learned piano from a very structured person that started at seven and it was this way and that's how I know. same as what we talked about at the beginning, yeah. how you learn how to do school. But it doesn't mean it's right for your kid. Yeah. So finding a person. And like you said, it's us learning mm-hmm. as we go. Not just the information again, but learning. That's kind of like a new philosophy of education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's the ultimate personal growth journey. Because homeschooling. You, homeschooling. Because you are pushed. All your buttons are pushed. As a mom <laughs> who's with your kids all the time, they know how to push your buttons. They learn. Maybe not intentionally, but you have to learn not, in my, in my case anyway, what I've figured out is like, you can't be so reactive to things. Oh. It causes so much more trouble. And that's so hard because you're in the back of your mind saying, I got to get this done. She has to learn this stuff. I have to do this work because this is my job as a homeschool mom. I have to teach her this. And then, so it, it that translates to pressure. Yeah. And then they blow up in your face and you're like, Oh my gosh, what did I just do? This is horrible. Did I mess it up? I've ruined her for life. Yeah. That's what I, I hate you, mom. <laughs> but it is, it's the ultimate, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. If we don't do these five words this minute, let's, it'll be okay. You know what I mean? I'm talking about for, even if it's a science project, yeah. or if it's a, any subject at any age, I think we, the better we are, and I mean, not saying put all that pressure on yourself, but the better you are as a human, it's like anything in life, but your kids respond so quickly to it. It's, mm. we don't get the space. We don't go to a job and get to see them for, you know. I think later. we don't also get to see the growth, you right, know, like right. when you we don't realize it, when just my youngest has changed, just growing like mm inches Mm -hmm. in the last six months Mm -hmm. um and i don't notice that or i don't you know he's it's gradual so you don't you don't notice mm -hmm. that he's 13 you know he's just he's just changing into that you know losing those those uh, baby cheeks right right getting the the young man chair the young man cheeks or you know Mm -hmm. face and and we don't see that because it is, you mm-hmm. know, gradual and it's not like, oh, they're learning to walk, like their first step, you know, it's mm-hmm. not a big thing like that, but we don't take that bird's eye view and think, look at where we've come. Mm-hmm. Also, I've been thinking about, you know, what I haven't done is um, taken a list of all the books that we've ever mm-hmm. read. And I just think, well, yeah, we've read that one. We've read that one, of course, but that would be another good way to be like, oh, wow, look at all that we have done. Mm-hmm. And instead of looking at, we have miles to go before right. we are, are out of here, but looking. And celebrating. And that's yeah. a piece we talk about in business a lot. And it's the same thing in school where celebrate your milestones, right? Mm-hmm. And I need to get better at that too, as we're talking about it, where you say, this is, we've, we've finished this chapter. 
that's awesome. You know, here's whatever kind of solid, a small, I mean, that's great. Here's another chapter. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. Let's go on to the next one. Yeah. Oh, you've learned this. You learned an addition. Now let's go to subtraction. Like, Hey, congratulations. You know? And I think that's something just in talking right here, I'm realizing more and more, I want to incorporate that more mm-hmm. in our learning because I'm trying to do that more with on the business side, celebrate your wins, you know, your accomplishments, but why shouldn't we be doing that with our kids? You know, instead of dreading, oh, here's your reward. Like you say, here's another chapter or here's another <laughs> worksheet or here's another subject or, oh, let's keep plowing on. Let's get, but it's, it's exciting when you get to learn it, you know, congratulations. Like that's, you did something. Yeah. And I think it changes. The, yeah. The small stuff. And it, it makes you feel like you're actually doing something that you, and like you say, we are doing something, but you don't realize it. So we realize it more and the kids feel more like they're doing it too. Yeah. Well, we are going to wrap it up uh, on that. I think that's a good, good place to end as to celebrate our milestones. We've talked about a lot. Yeah. Lots of good stuff in here. (laughs) I know it's kind of what happens, right? Whenever we have a conversation, it goes down all kinds of trouble. It's really, that's our life and it's fun and it's real. Yeah. It's real life, right? Well, thanks, Robin, for Thank coming you. and Thank being you, a part Ryan. of this. Thanks. This I think it's super fun. Yeah, we should do it again. Okay.